Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know, it might be like a cool thing to do or just something that I do with everyone mm-hmm. is like just to notice what's happening in your body mm-hmm. and almost like disengage from your mind a little bit. You know, obviously you still need it, but just pay attention to what's happening inside. Mm-hmm. And um, and even like I might invite you if it feels comfortable when you ask yourself that question, how am I doing? To just sort of maybe breathe for a moment and mm-hmm. listen inside and just see even if there aren't words, are there sensations that come back to you? What kind of sensations? Okay. <sighs> okay, I'm ready. Let's let's do the therapy. Well, what do you notice? That is the therapy. <laughs> <laughs> so I've never done therapy. And that might be because I feel like I never have an answer for that first question that I assume will be asked. How are you feeling? Fine, I guess. I'm good. I'm chilling. That's usually enough when my friends or family ask. So I never give it more thought than that. Everyone I know does the same, but are we fine? Since I never really bother to ask myself that question, I'm starting to realize the answer, at least partly, might be no. I'm Eamon Ismail, and you're listening to Man Up. On this show every week, we tell honest stories about our lives and investigate where we get our ideas about what it means to be a man. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. I am kind of getting goosebumps. Mm hmm. Where? Where are you getting them? In my legs. Is that weird? (laughs) Nothing's weird. It's just helpful to notice in particular. Yeah. Avi Klein is a psychotherapist in New York. He co-hosts his own podcast with novelist Sam Graham Felsen called Hey Man. And he's no stranger to men who don't want to open up. Since I've never experienced it being, what do you call it? When you're the one being therapied? Being therapized? He thought it'd be a good idea for me to try it. And who am I to turn down a free session? It's just not, I guess, it's just something I'm, I'm not used to. Yeah. Um, as a man, I'm always holding myself up to this ideal version of what I'm supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And that version of me has always been um, not bothered by emotion mm-hmm. and not worried about being slowed down by something that doesn't materially prevent me from doing the next thing. Yeah. 
I mean, I really relate to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I mean, I, I imagine most men do in some way and feel like their emotions might be like a barrier. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think actually it requires a lot of strength in a way to sit with, with our feelings. But I also think that the surprising thing is, is that when you, when you do make room for them, actually we often feel lighter, you know? I've come to realize that in my life. I don't know if you've had experiences like that. I don't know if they're healthy or not, but I tend to just push things aside. Mm-hmm. If a feeling makes me feel uncomfortable when I'm feeling it, I just stop feeling it. So this is a real world example. I will feel a little bit depressed whenever I'm thinking about where my like career is headed because for so much of my life, I've always felt like I knew what was next. Mm-hmm. But now I'm in this point in my life where I'm unsure and I'm kind of standing on shaky ground. Mm. And that makes me feel insecure whenever i do feel like that what i do instead is i'll just go get a sandwich that i like (laughs) a lot right like i'll go to my favorite bakery that makes sandwiches with my favorite bread yeah and then by the time i'm done eating that sandwich i'm thinking about anything else Uh and then boom problem solved right yeah um is there anything about that that doesn't work for you or like that gives you pause not really i mean Mm -hmm. it, it tends to work okay Great. Is that fine? <laughs> I'm waiting for you to, to smack, smack the gavel. You know, it's like, not my style. Um, I don't like to come at it like it's bad because we wouldn't do it if it was just bad, mm. right? Like we do it because it works. Usually by the time people wind up on my couch, whatever worked stopped working, you know, and they're in a sort of fragile place where mm. they only know one way, but it doesn't feel particularly good anymore. It stopped being so effective. So what you said about how you cope with feeling worried about your career, that feels a little charged to me, and I'd be happy to talk about it a little bit with you if, that, if, if you feel okay. It's scary. I mean, when you're in high school, there's like a map, right? You're, you're, you're basically setting up your next stage of your life. Yeah, there's a path, yeah. It almost feels like the the next stage doesn't exist. Like this might actually be it. Mm. And that makes me afraid because how do you measure your own success? Mm -hmm. I'm a very visual person. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, I think you are too, right? Um, I almost wonder like if you could use your imagination to imagine yourself the version of you that doesn't have a map? How do you see yourself? What does that look like? So the image that comes to mind is I'm standing on an escalator mm-hmm. and the escalator is moving up with or without me intending it to. Mm-hmm. Like I'm just, I have to be going up. Yeah, sort of helpless. But there are a lot of escalators in this space. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I'm on the right one. I don't know Mm. if the one that I'm standing on will take me to where I'm supposed to go Mm -hmm. because I don't know where I'm supposed to go. That's so overwhelming. My heart started pounding. Mm -hmm. Like, that's a lot. No wonder you just get a sandwich or, you know. Right. (laughs) Like, that's too much. Normally, I would invite 
I would see if it felt okay for me to be there with you. Mm -hmm. But since we're just sort of getting started with this, it could be me or it could be someone else that you feel sort of like a sense of safety with. Mm -hmm. Anyone come to mind? Yeah, my mom. Mm -hmm. Mm. My mom is the best mom. Yeah. How would you explain your fear to her? What would you say? Hmm. I don't know if I would. Ah. Um, my mom is not someone that I've ever felt comfortable sharing my feelings with. Uh-huh. It's usually the other way around. I'm mostly very concerned with how she's feeling. Mm-hmm. So if I'm feeling a certain kind of anxiety or fear, mm-hmm. I'd be afraid to let her know because I don't want her to worry about me. Oh. This came to a head when I got arrested and I was in custody. How old were you? This was, I was maybe like 26. Uh-huh. I thought maybe I should call my mom and let her know what's happening. Mm-hmm. But I didn't want to because I didn't want her to be, mm. you know, inflicted with that worry and that pain that a mom feels when yeah. she feels like her, her son is in trouble. Yeah. I would never want to make my mom feel that way. So mm-hmm. I chose not to call her. Well, so I'm struck by two things. One is, I mean, very much, very moved by your love and care for your mom. And also, you know, it's it's sort of, I guess, making sense to me in a little bit. You really sound alone with this fear, right? Like that there's, I, I hear how protective you are of her. And I'm also appreciating how much that leaves you on your own. Mm-hmm with something that sounds actually quite overwhelming. Mm. And I'm wondering what that's like to hear. My, I want to say I'm, I'm comfortable with it, but I think that that's me telling myself how I want to feel about it. Mm-hmm. I, and this is where I'm starting to feel my body get a little bit more shaky, right? Mm. Because I, Thank I, you for I, noticing I caught that. myself trying to lie to me right now. Ah. So now I feel like, hmm, Am I okay with that? Like if it's happening, I better get through it Mm -hmm. and no one else is going to help me with it. So I got to be okay with it. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It it makes me feel more comfortable in knowing that I'm handling it on my own because mm -hmm. I don't know. There's something stoic about that. Mm Mm-hmm. I almost feel like proud of myself for being able to or I, wanting to. I totally get that. You, If you've been on your own with this and you've made it this far, like good for you. What would it be like to have someone there with you? Ooh, that seems bad. Oh. And I wouldn't want to inflict that on someone. I wouldn't want to make that someone else's burden. In a way, I almost, now we're talking about therapy. I wonder what it would be like if I were there with you, mm-hmm. you know, because it's not my problem. It's not scary to me. You know, and I've been there myself, so I know what it feels like. And you can be honest if it's uncomfortable. If you're like, I don't want you there, that's fine too. But I don't know. I still feel like it might be better if I were there alone Mm -hmm. because I don't know where it's going. And I don't know if it's going to take me somewhere good or bad. I don't know if the ride is going to get easier or harder. Mm -hmm. So. 
the stakes seem lower if I'm by myself. You think there's a way, like, could we imagine, let's mm-hmm. say you and I are on the escalator, and I think, and you're in front, right? And you are making the decisions. Mm-hmm. And you can turn around, and you can talk through why you're making the decisions. Like, if you need help, or you want to, like, think out loud, then you can talk to me. And if you want to decide to take a right, like, we'll take a right. You know, I don't have an agenda. Yeah. Yeah, I don't really know if there's a lot of people that I trust, trust Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in a way that I think um, they can can act as, you know, a pillar bearing some load. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It almost feels like I've gotten so comfortable in this role that I've played in other people's lives that the idea of using someone as a crutch makes me feel like I'd be vulnerable to them. I'm hearing that, right? You've said it a few different ways, like Mm -hmm. you wouldn't get to make the decisions or you'd be vulnerable. Do I have trust issues? (laughs) 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 Like, wait, hold on. Where is this coming from? (laughs) It sounds like 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 what's, um, what's hard for you is... Yeah, relying on someone else in that way. Mm-hmm. It, when it comes to you, you know, like in this, we're talking about something really vulnerable. It's not like, um, can you count on me to go to the store and bring back your lunch order or something? Right, it's right, like, right. Um, if I needed you in a moment of real vulnerability, um, would you be there for me or would you take advantage of me? Right. You I think know? that's where that's coming from. So I feel like we're sort of at a crossroads. We could keep talking. I'm happy to go deeper with this. Uh, And I also know you have other stuff you want to do. So We did um, go a little deeper. We talked about trust, and he helped me excavate where those feelings were coming from exactly. I was expecting Avi, as a therapist, to talk me through feelings I already had. But instead, he helped me find new ones. I don't know if we had a real connection, though, or if it's all just part of how he got me to talk. Either way... I feel good. Avi ended up helping me take off the blindfold that I didn't even know that I was wearing. So when someone is like saying, how do you feel? You almost feel like you need to get the answer out quickly. Mm-hmm. My go-to response is fine. Yeah. Because I don't, we don't have an hour to sit around and just talk about what's really bothering me. Yeah. Weird. <laughs> you think you're comfortable with people, man. <laughs> When things start to get a little hot, <laughs> we, we, we sort of naturally want to move on. And I think therapy is about staying with it. Yeah. I don't know. It must be so hard for men to get in the room with a therapist, though. Yeah, I think you're probably right. The sad truth is, is like usually what brings men into therapy is their partners making them go. Mm. And usually it's reached such a bad point that um, things are things are just in crisis. So they're usually actually in quite a lot of pain and it's been going on for a really long time, which is hard. Do you think that men require a certain approach? I was reading one of your articles yeah, and you linked to the American Psychological Association's new guidelines for how to talk to men in therapy. Why is it that men need their own updated guidelines what what makes it so hard for men to talk about their feelings 
I think there's a lot of shame and discomfort about talking about your feelings as a man. I don't think there's anything biological about it. Like there's nothing, I don't think men are hardwired to not feel their feelings or not talk about it, but I definitely think they're socialized away from it. Mm. Certainly if they aren't some, I think, I think it happens very young, but certainly by the time you're a teenager, it's happening, right? Is that something you experienced? I definitely experienced it. I can remember, I remember being maybe nine or 10 and holding back my tears and feeling so proud of myself. And I didn't cry again for probably 15 years, you know? And I've heard from other men their own relationships with that or the only cry at certain kinds of movies, right? Which I think is like, that's a very typical man thing and a very sad thing when you think about it. You can only cry in the dark when no one can see you, Yeah, you know? I definitely relate to you with what you're saying. In the culture, like specifically... Islamic Arabic culture there's this one idea that never really made sense to me it was that men are the ones who carry dead bodies Mm. and that women are in the back because women were supposed to not be able to control their tears Mm -hmm. yeah and I almost hear it as like it's both a truth and it's like it sounds kind of like a rule that would feel really bad to break you know like if everyone's saying men are the ones who can hold back their tears and you feel like crying, I, I would feel so ashamed of myself if I couldn't do it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but then you think, okay, well, not everybody could just be crying all the time. We kind of need we do. men to like maybe hold it back their tears sometimes. I guess like we all have to find ways to regulate ourselves. But – what men do is not that. They're not so flexible. They're not like, okay, I'm going to hold it in right now. When I go home, I'm going to talk to my partner or my best friend and, like, have a good cry and <laughs> feel better about it. They're like, this is never coming out again. Yeah. You know, moving on. <laughs> I guess maybe I'm just trying to rationalize it for myself. But I'm wondering if stoicism is that bad. If, if every way to cope is mm-hmm. valid – are we in a place where we can tell others that they're wrong for wanting to hold their tears in? Well, I think if we take it out of like right and wrong Mm -hmm. and just sort of look at what happens if you keep your emotions inside and out of your awareness, right? Because I think my understanding of what people talk about with stoicism is a sort of like maybe like an awareness of what you're feeling you know it and you kind of let it go. And maybe maybe that's like an acceptable coping strategy. Yeah. But in practice, what often happens is repression. It's like, I'm not going to acknowledge it. Right. And, and really what happens with unacknowledged feelings is they take a really big toll, right? Like that's anxiety. There's so much feeling under anxiety. You know what I mean? Like anxiety is like the beginning of a feeling. It's not like a feeling in and of itself. It's saying this feels hard to feel right now. I'm scared to feel this. Mm. Um, So that's like a really obvious, if you're not aware of what you're feeling, you're going to feel a lot of anxiety. But also like if you can't handle your feelings, you might drink a lot or you might, um, you know, one of the consequences with men is we've sort of said, 
one of the only acceptable feelings is anger. And it's sort of like a funnel. Like every feeling you have, you just sort of channel it into anger. And that's horrible for everyone around them. Because then you've got these really angry people. So that doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah. I wonder how much the Me Too movement impacted the way you engage men in therapy. A lot of men do sort of cope in the way that you and I have coped with our feelings, which is pushing things out of our awareness. Right. And when it comes to our relationships with women, that can be really, really dangerous. And even in a simple way, like, because we've been talking about, like, pushing away sadness or pushing away fear. But one one thing is you're not really able to be so selective about what you push away. You push one feeling away, you're pushing away most. And when you push away your feelings, there's a kind of emotional blindness that comes up. You're less aware of how you are with other people. Because you're not like your feelings are your so is a huge social tool. But so what was so amazing about Me Too sort of coming into public conversation was that it forced men to recognize something that they would never have talked about in therapy. It would not have been on their radar to bring up. And suddenly they were bringing it up and looking at themselves. And so it opened up all these interesting doors that wouldn't have been opened otherwise. Yeah. I mean, it was kind of a referendum. Mm Mm-hmm on the way that <clears throat> women have had to deal with men yeah. for he, he, for basically their entire lives. For basically like all of human history. It almost felt like that level of introspection was necessary. Yeah. Like not just, you know, it'd be nice if men talked about it, but like right. we need to. Yeah. So I think it's it's really been, to me, like a catalyst for men really looking at themselves and really starting to own like, why am I doing this or why am I not? Because I, I just thought that was such an interesting question. How could women have one experience yeah. and men have a completely different experience, which is what, it's like most men don't think of themselves as monsters. And so what was happening in between? Yeah, that sounds like it, um, like it created some really, really interesting revelations there where you get someone to acknowledge how they maybe were a monster. Mm-hmm. Men's reaction to it was deep shame when they started to realize, sort of take accountability. And the shame actually blocked them from changing because they felt so bad that they kind of would get numb and ignore it and not really pay attention. So it was like it's a sort of balancing act between how do you help someone hold their shame and not think of themselves as a monster because really – People are complicated. You can do maybe a monstrous thing yeah. and not be a monster and still be a good person. Something I didn't really quite understand in the piece that you wrote called How I Finally Got Men to Talk About Their Feelings. Yeah. You, it was from a while ago, so I don't even know if you remember, but you talked about how therapists themselves can be sometimes part of the problem. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? A kind of unacknowledged bias of like, not respecting men's tenderness, you know, not respecting their sadness on one side and not respecting the totally valid need for stoicism, like that they've been, that they've learned to, to utilize. So it's like either, either sort of communicating in some way that they did think they were weak 
for feeling so sad or or not respecting the boundaries they'd put up and like trying to tear them down so that they're super emotional. And both of those ways communicate to men that they're not welcome in therapy. Yeah. I mean, I like what you just said, though, about therapists acknowledging the need for men to be stoic sometimes mm-hmm. because, I mean, even when I've been doing this podcast from the very beginning, I've been trying to, you know, kind of tear that away mm-hmm. and and see what was underneath all of this, yeah. this stoicism. Yeah. And when I started doing that, I felt like I was also tearing away very important experiences that I think shaped who I am. Yeah. And that, I think, prevented me from really understanding why I think the things that I think. Because once you pull all of those experiences away, everything that's left is not a, a complete version of me. Yeah, right. You'd, you'd need to stand up for those parts too, you know? Like mm-hmm. that would feel really bad to disavow something that is incredibly strong. Yeah, and I think that it's a little necessary. Like I understand how dangerous stoicism could be not just for the man experiencing it, but also the people around them, mm-hmm. especially when we talk about abuse and this need to numb yourself from right. what you're feeling. Yeah. I just am worried that it it just might be way more complicated than removing or uh, burying yeah. one's stoicism in, in a way to reveal what's underneath it. There's this um, Aesop's fable of the sun and the wind have a contest. Like, who can get this guy to take off his coat? And the wind goes first and tries to blow it off of him, and he just holds on to it tighter, and the sun warms him up, and he sets it down, right? And and I feel like that is a that's a piece of... I think about that with men and acknowledging in a kind and compassionate way, like you've, you've needed to be stoic and there are good things about being stoic. And there's also something missing if you only rely on that. You know, my hope is to sort of make it comfortable enough to not be stoic for a little bit instead of demanding that someone cut it out. Avi told me that by the time people make appointments with him to talk, their coping methods have already broken down and stopped working for them. But what I heard was, they get to therapy way too late. It could be disorienting to want to seek help, especially for someone who's so used to handling everything on their own. It's a big leap. I started my first, albeit short session, arrogant, sure that Avi had nothing new to teach me about myself. I was wrong. I found feelings I didn't even know that I had, and learned how accessing them was way more important than I knew. Here at Man Up, we love getting emails and voicemails, and we'd love to hear from you too. Got thoughts about this week's episode? Or maybe got an idea about what to talk about next? Leave a message at 805-626-8707. That's 805-MAN-UP-07. Or email us at manup at slate.com. If you like this episode, consider supporting the kid and leave a review in Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening right now. And don't forget to subscribe because we drop new episodes every week. Man Up is hosted and written by me, Eamon Ismail. Our producers are Danielle Hewitt and Cameron Drews. Our executive producers are Jeffrey Bloomer and Lowen Liu. 
Gabriel Roth is editorial director of Slate Podcasts, and June Thomas is the senior managing producer of Slate Podcasts. We'll be back next week with more Man Up. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.